0: I want to uh, begin this morning uh, uh, to talk to you about a a word that God has given me. And uh, I want you to uh, put that slide up for me, if you would. Uh, I, I entitled this message, God Knows and God Cares. You know, sometimes you feel like you're walking down the road all alone, but can I tell you that you're not. God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what this day was coming to be. He knows and he cares and he cares enough for you that he's made a way out. So I want to talk about that this morning. A few weeks ago, I preached on a a sermon uh, called The Life of the Law of the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus from the Romans uh, chapter eight, verse two, about about the, the fact that Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we leave the realm of the enemy, the law of sin, the law of death, and we enter into a new kingdom where a greater law is at work, the law of the spirit of life in Christ. That's a place where we can live in victory and not defeat even in the most trying of times. Because what we've done is we've left the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of the enemy, and we've entered into the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, we are free from fear. And we're especially free from the fear of death. When our physical bodies decay and finally die on this earth, we don't die. We know that. We just pass from physical death to eternal life. It's, it's a glorious resurrection that, that takes place for us. Last week was Resurrection Sunday, Easter we call it. And Pastor Dave preached on uh, the power of the resurrection. Uh, The resurrection power that gives us new life, that same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave now has taken up residence inside of us. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord, and not only does that take up residence in us, but that spirit of God uh, empowers us and and superabundance enters us and life enters us and it transforms us and it sets us free. That was a powerful message. We still live here in this world but our home's heaven, isn't it? You know, we're, we're not to concern ourselves. I mean, we have to go through this life. We have to deal with the issues that, that we have here. But you know, this is not our home. Heaven is. We are supernatural, eternal beings bound into a relationship again with our heavenly father. And that, that's the core belief of Christianity, that Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil To set us free and bring us back into a relationship that was lost so many years ago. You know, over the last few weeks, we have probably cooked more than we have in the last 10 years. I don't know about you. Uh, I know all of us are probably well. I'll speak for myself. Probably going on diets. I am so tired though of looking at so, such delicious stuff on Facebook, you know. And, and uh, then we try to make some of this anyway. We're we're all going to need diets after we're done, you know. But it's uh, uh, I I want to uh, I want to serve you a meal this morning. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna put on my teacher hat if you will allow me to. Cause, because I have some meat for you to chew on today. This is not milk, this is for the mature. Now the 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 basics will be there. Everybody can learn from this, but I particularly, you know, we we have a very mature church and I want to teach you some 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 deep stuff today, if you allow me. So just stay with me, and and I, I know I'm going to go through a few scriptures here, and I'm going to deal with some things you may know, but I'm going to take it to another level. I really believe that, and at the end, you're going to see the power of God move in your life if you'll receive this from me today. So, and and not only that, it's going to I'm going to feed you, and you're going to be able to take this food and feed others. You're going to be able to multiply it, as Jesus broke the bread. When I when I preached as I said last uh, last uh, about a month ago, as I, I preached on Romans 8:2, I also referenced a verse. And if Jack, if you'll put that up, it was Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 through 18. And I want to read that to you this morning. So just you know, just hear me. Don't fall asleep. Stay with me. It, it's gonna it's gonna get it's gonna get good. Okay. So now since the children have flesh and blood in common. Jesus also shared in these so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. So just stay, no, go back there. Don't go away yet. Okay, stay there. So catch what he's saying. You and I, the children of God, are made in flesh and blood. So Jesus came and he stepped, you know, he stepped into humanity He was made, the word became flesh and lived among us. And why? So that through his death, and this was what Pastor Dave was talking about last week also, he might destroy the one who had the power of death. Right here, as soon, well, I'll get there. That is the devil. Now, and then doing what? By doing that, by destroying the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, the next verse says, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. The King James says, Who were in bondage through fear of death all their lives. You know, a lot of, we don't know what's on the other side. Well, we know what's on the other side heaven, Jesus, God. But the world is afraid to die. You know, it's, it's, well, nobody wants to die before their time, but it is a bondage. And that Jesus came and destroyed that fear of death by his death. He became like us so he could destroy what was holding us in slavery. Now, the next verse 16 says, And it is clear that he does not reach out to help angels, but he came to help angels. Abraham's offspring, that is the children of God, people, us, okay? Therefore, verse 17 says, he had to be like his brothers in every way so that he could become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God to make propitiation. That means to, make, to uh, be able to one to make the sacrifice for the sins of the people. He had to, he had to be the sacrifice, the, the one who was able to, to, to reverse the curse, So he had to be like us, and we'll talk about this in a moment, so that he could be a merciful and high priest, and faithful high priest, and to make sacrifice for the sins of the people. Verse 18 finishes, it says, for since he himself was tested and suffered, he is able also to help those who are tested. So so think of what we're talking about here. Jesus came to live among us, to walk among us, to be like us. And because he was tested in every manner like we are, he knows what we're going through. He understands that. And he had to become like us in order to die for us, to destroy the work of the one who had the power of death, that is the devil. And and not only that, but he also had to understand where we are and what we're dealing with and how our fears and how all these things come against us so that he knows he's able to help us who are being also tested and tempted in our lives, okay? I have not been able to get away from these verses for a month now since I I read it. I I used the first couple of verses there, but it's so powerful. And so let me share what the Lord's been, been telling me. When God created Adam and Eve in the garden, why did he create them? He created them to have relationship with him. He wanted to be wanted. He wanted a relationship. And so we know that Adam walked in the cool of the garden and, and walked side by side with the Lord, spoke to him face to face as, as, as a friend. God wants to have relationship with his creation. That's why we were made in the first place. And when Adam and Eve sinned in that garden, they broke that relationship and God has ever since set about restoring that bond that was broken ever since. And he had a plan. There was plan A. There was no plan B. And so from the beginning, you know, God had a plan and the plan was going to bring Jesus into this world. Now we've known from, from the beginning, we've been told that we go back through the books of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus that the Israelites were not allowed to eat the blood For an animal to be kosher, all the blood has to be drained out of it. Why? Because God says the life is in the blood. So in the Old Testament, we talk about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, a life for a life. When life was slain, life was necessary to restore it. And so the sacrifice, the sacrificial system of the Israelites dealt with sacrificing animals and the blood life, the lifeblood of those animals to help cover over the sins of the nation of Israel every year. God was trying to show to us, to them, how holy the life that life is and the life blood particularly is to him. But in order to restore the life that was taken from Adam, because the moment he sinned, he began to decay physically, but he also, he also died spiritually. He was separated from God. Spiritual death is worse than the physical death. And so they became separated from God. And so now, in order for that relationship to be restored, it would be required, lifeblood would have to be sacrificed in order to restore the broken relationship that God had with Adam and the seed of Adam, life for life. But the problem is, every human being born since Adam's day has a problem. We are all sinners because of what Adam did. We've all been born in sin. There's never been a perfect human being. So what was God's plan? Send Jesus. He would send his own son who would set off. He would still be divine, but he would also become human. And he would become the perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice, blood for blood, life for life, perfect life for perfect, to restore a perfect relationship. And as he came into this world, he set aside his glory, but not his divinity. And he came on this earth, and it says he, he became just like us. He felt pain. If You've seen the passion of the Christ. I, I can't even watch it. He felt heat. He felt cold. He felt hurt. He felt rejection. He felt joy. He felt hatred. He felt peace. He felt turmoil. Every emotion you and I and, and, and every physical thing you and I felt Feel he felt. And it says he was tempted in every manner like we are. And yet he would not succumb to those temptations to the point of sinning in order to maintain that perfection, that perfect sacrifice that was necessary. In verse 17, go back to verse 17 for a second. It says that he was like us and so like us, he becomes, it says, our high priest for us. When God brought Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, he gave Moses the Ten Commandments and the law, the 438 you know, parts of the, of the Mosaic law, to, to show Israel how, what would be necessary in order for them to please God. Okay. I want to, here's here's everything God says, all the lists that he's, he's expected us to do as far as for the children of Israel. And uh, uh, this is what will take to please me. The problem is that it was impossible for them to please God through the law, because none of them could keep the law, and we've never been able to since or before. And so God would make Moses' brother Aaron the high priest of Israel. And as such, he would offer sacrifices, blood sacrifices for the nation of Israel every day, not only for Israel, but he would make them for himself and then for the nation of Israel on a daily basis. And then annually on a day of atonement, he would take the blood of a sinless goat or lamb and take it behind the veil in the in the tabernacle and place that blood on the mercy seat on the on the ark of the covenant on the top of it's called the mercy seat and God would see that blood and he would he would not hold Israel accountable for their sins for another year but it had to be done yearly had to be done daily had to be done for the high priest and for the people on a continuous basis And that high priest would also intercede for that nation. He would pray for them. He would bless them. He would act as the agent of God to the people, the intercessor, if you will. And uh, he would help them. Aaron was one of them. He was an Israelite. He was Moses' brother. But he was a sinner himself. And as a sinner himself, he knew that he had a problem with it too. And so he felt the pain that the people felt. He felt the fear. He felt the pride. He felt the hunger. He felt the thirst. He was one of them. He's just like the rest of the nation of Israel, except that he had been made the high priest. But he was a sinner himself. He felt the fear. He felt the hope. He felt the joy. He felt the the pleasure. And every year he would go and he put that blood on the mercy seat to cover over the sins of an entire nation for another year. He, Aaron shared in their humanity and was tested and tried in every way Israel was and and made mistakes, made a golden calf. So he knew what they were going through and he had compassion for them, sympathy for them and and desire to help them in their time of need. He became their intercessor as I said. In the book of Hebrews chapter four, Verse 14, I want to show you two verses there. Now it says, since the children have, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 14. Should be the next one. Okay. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities because he was in all points tempted like we are. Yet without sin, so therefore let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might find, uh, that we might find, uh, obtain mercy and find grace to, in to help in time of need. So, so get what this is. So now Jesus stepped out of heaven into earth. He lived among us for thirty years as the Son of Man and the Son of God, fully man. Fully God. He who would become our great shepherd and our high priest lived like a sheep for 30 years. He's the son of a carpenter. Lived in a dusty little town up in the northern Judean hills, I mean the northern Galilean hills, Nazareth, and and worked with his father in the carpenter shop and, and all of the things. And he felt everything that we deal with. He felt what we feel. He hurts like we hurt. He dealt with the issues of life like every one of us. But at the age of 30, he entered into his calling. And he was baptized by the Spirit of God and filled with the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And yet he still lived as a man, but now he's empowered by a new law, the law of the Spirit of life. Came into him. The Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, came into him. And now resurrection power coursed through his veins, coursed through his very being. Now he would endure temptation, but be able to overcome it by the power of that Spirit that now lived inside of him. These verses in Hebrews chapter 4 tell us that he was touched. Go back to verse 14. It says, uh, I'm sorry, go to 15. Okay. He was touched by our weaknesses. Infirmities here is a, means a, a panoply of things. It means many things. It means our weakness. It means our sickness. It means all the issues of life. Every feeling that mankind has, Jesus has been, he feels it. He felt it. He may not have gone through each one of those himself, but he knows where we are and he understands what we're dealing with. So, and once he became, once he left this earth, once he died and was resurrected and he took his own blood and sprinkled it on the mercy seat in the tabernacle in heaven. So he sat down at the father's right hand and he became our high priest He became our high priest. And the thing of it is, but still he has compassion and empathy for us because he is one of us. He lived as us. He knows where we are. God knows where you are. He knows what you're dealing with, and he cares to help you. And so the, the high priest, like Aaron, was, was slow to punish and, and quick to intercede, to forgive. So is Jesus, because he knows what we're going through. He knows the temptations. He knows the difficulties of this life. He knows the struggles that we have. And he cares enough about us to have given us a way to make it through. He has moved from sheep sheep, to shepherd. A shepherd now is the one who leads the sheep to quiet waters. He, he, he gives them cool pastures. He helps them to find shelter in a time of storm. He finds them good food. He protects the sheep from the devouring lion and the bear and all the enemies that would try to attack the sheep. And when one of the sheep get lost along the way, he leaves the 99 and goes after him and finds him and brings him back into the flock. Why? Because he knows where that sheep is. He knows what that sheep is going through and he cares enough to restore him back into the fold. He doesn't just leave him outside there to deal with the issues of life all by himself. says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He is always, the shepherd is always there to lead the flock and provide for them. That's the role of the shepherd. And it's also the role of the high priest who is touched by the feelings of our weaknesses. He's touched by the pain that you and I are dealing with on a continuous basis. His sheep, if you will. In the book of Hebrews also, there's another chapter, chapter 7. And I want to come down to verse 25. It says that this high priest became the priest of a better covenant. The old covenant, the Mosaic law, was just there to show us what, what God would like, but also what, show us what sin was. Jesus, who never sinned, now is the, is the mediator of a new covenant, of a new law, a better law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which has set us free from the law of Moses and the curse of the law. And he is now the priest of a better covenant. You see, the lesser is always subject to the greater. A greater word, a greater law, a greater kingdom came into effect when Jesus left this earth and he went to heaven. He now, heaven has invaded earth again. And the relationship, all who call upon the name of Jesus now have the opportunity to have the relationship with God restored. All, the, all the, what the enemy has done and, and destroyed people with the fear of death, with bondage to sin, all of that's been, been reversed. The curse has been reversed. We've been redeemed. He paid a price for us so that sickness, he carried away our diseases. He carried away our infirmities. He, he bore our pain and our suffering on the cross. All that was done so a new law would come into effect, the law of life in Christ Jesus. So he becomes the priest of a better covenant. And he is our priest forever. And he did this all one time and it was sufficient forever. And verse 25 says, therefore, because of that, he is always able to save those who come to God through him since he always lives to intercede for them. Now, stay there a minute. Do you know what Jesus is doing for you right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. And he is praying for you. And he's praying for me he always lives. He, he says, I want, the, I want the best for Brandon. I, I, want, I want the best for you right there. I, I've got your heart in my, in my hand. I care. What, I know where you are, and I know what you need, and I care about you. So I'm going to pray for you. Verse 26 says, Lord, this is the kind of high priest we need. Not like Aaron, but one who is holy, who's innocent, undefiled. Separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. Verse 27 says he doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as, the, as Aaron did, first for their own sins, then for the people, because he did this once and for all when he offered himself. Verse 28 says, For the law appoints as high priest men who are weak, but the promise of the oath, the new covenant that came after the law, appoints the son, Jesus who has been perfected forever. And his priesthood, the priesthood of Melchizedek that he lives in, is there for us forever. He is able always to save those who come to God through him. Do you hear what that says? Jesus is always able to save you who come to him. Have you come to Jesus? Have you asked him to to come into your heart, to forgive you of your sins? Well, once you've done that... there is nothing that can separate you from God it doesn't matter what you've been through it doesn't matter where you've been it doesn't matter who you were all it matters is that Jesus says come to me and I'll forgive you I know where you've been I know what you think you are but I got something better for you I care about you here is life eternal you're free from the bondage of this old law and now you come into a new relationship no matter what you've done you've never done anything so bad that God can't forgive give you and restore you to the relationship he intended for you from the beginning of time. He came to save you and me. He suffered like we do. He tasted the pain of death for us so we wouldn't have to suffer the second death. He hungered. He was tempted So he could relate to where we are. He loves us so much as our shepherd, as our high priest, that he says, I live to pray for you. Imagine that. The the main point of Jesus' ministry now is as the high priest who intercedes for the church. He prays for our needs. And you know what? He says, I've already provided for you. All you got to do is open your eyes and see what God has given you. He prays for the healing of our mind and emotion. He prays for the healing of our body. He prays for the healing of our spirit to restore us. He, 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 the word of God says, in fact, I've already provided everything you need. Everything we need has already been made for us. All we have to do is have access to it. And how do we do that? By faith. By faith in Jesus Christ. He shows us the way to find those needs to be met. All all it takes is to believe that this is the word of God, that Jesus came. And I believe he's the son of God. And I I believe he came to help us. And once we've done that, he stands ready to forgive us, to embrace us, to restore us to the relationship that Adam and Eve once had. Let me me give you an, an illustration about what I'm talking about. God knows where you are and he cares about you. One day Jesus heard that his friend Lazarus was sick. He and his disciples were in another area of Galilee and they were a little ways away and he heard that Lazarus was sick and but he waited. And he waited several days. And by the time he got to Bethany, where Lazarus was, Mary and Martha met him and, and were upset. He said, if you, had not, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. See, by the time he got there, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. In fact, they said, he stinks. The body had decayed. Death had overtaken him. And it says, Jesus went to the tomb. And you know what it says? My kids always love this verse because it's the shortest memory verse in the whole Bible. Two words, Jesus wept. Have you ever wondered why Jesus wept? Hmm. It says in Psalms 56.8, you can look it up later, but that All of our tears are stored in a bottle along with a book of remembrance. God knows every tear you have shed. God writes a book of remembrance. Now think of that. There must be also a bottle of Jesus' tears. He weeps over the city of of, uh, Jerusalem. He weeps at the tomb of Lazarus. Why did he weep? Why did he cry? Because his friend was dead? No, he he had resurrection power in him. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead. Why did he weep? He wept because he cares so much for us. He sees what the pain of death is doing to this world. The grief that we feel. the, The sorrow. He was going to take it away. But at the same token, we're people. He knows what we're dealing with. And so he stands there at the tomb and he weeps, and then he calls Lazarus forth. A few weeks ago, a matriarch in this church passed away. Her name is Carol Hawkins. We prayed for her to be healed, and it didn't manifest. We believe that Jesus' will is to heal. Sometimes we just don't see what we expect, but that doesn't mean God's word is any less true. And the night she passed away, there were a lot of tears shed around in that room. It was a sad moment. Well, you know the family didn't mourn like those who have no hope. We knew we were gonna see her again. We knew where she was. To be absent from this body is to be in the presence of the Lord. But we miss her. And the Bible says there's a time to mourn, a time to grieve, and a time to rejoice. We rejoice because we know Carol's alive and we'll see her again. But we weep because we miss her. It's perfectly acceptable to do that. Jesus stood at the tomb and wept because he sees the pain that death has on God's people. He cares for us. And and as such, he carried our sorrows on the cross. He himself says, not only bore our sicknesses and carried away our diseases, but he bore our suffering and our pain and our sorrow. And so he says, you know, I can take what is a, if you don't know Jesus, that's the saddest day in the world to have somebody you love die. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, it's a sad moment. But we don't mourn as those who have no hope. We mourn as people who miss a friend, miss a loved one, miss a mother, miss a grandmother. We mourn as, as somebody who, who is sad to see someone go, but we rejoice at the same moment because we know. Because of our relationship with Jesus, because what he's done at the cross, we know we'll see him again. That's what the high priest does. He cares about the people. He knows what you've been through. See? And he knows our fears and he says, I came to remove fear from your life. Faith in him removes the fear of death which has held mankind in his grip ever since Adam fell. Forgiveness of sin brings us peace with God and fear rushes away and the devil flees from our midst because we have put our trust in Jesus. God knows and God cares about us. And so he says, not only that, I want to do something to help you. I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you another helper. I'm going to give you a comforter. So in your deepest point of need, someone will be there to see you through to the other, other side. And I, can I tell you, not only is he holding your hand going through it, but you're going through it as a victor and not a victim. You're going through as an overcomer, not someone who's been pushed underneath. Because what he does is he gives us the Holy Spirit. When you ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, not only does he come but the Spirit of Christ comes and he takes up residence inside us and he takes that that spirit man that's inside of every person in this world and he regenerates it. He, He makes it new again. It's called being born again. So when you accept Jesus the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. You've now become a dwelling place of God and your Spirit is born again and now you're an eternal being again. You were eternal but your eternity was going to be in hell. Now your eternity is going to be in heaven. And he gives us this helper to come alongside into our lives to bring us victory and not defeat. He he helps us to live victoriously as, as the overcomers. He empowers us to serve him. He empowers us to pray. He empowers us to do works in his name. In fact, he empowers us to do greater works than Jesus did because he's the one who's going to move through us just like he did through Jesus. Every miracle that Jesus made while he was on this earth, he did as a man who was filled with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. And every person in this world today who accepts Jesus Christ as Lord, the Spirit of God comes into him. And then when you're filled with the Spirit, that supernatural power flows out of you. And you can do the works that Jesus did. He empowers us to serve him, to live for him, to have the relationship with him. And he brings us peace and comfort and supernatural power to overcome every work of the enemy. Pastor Dave said last week that Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. That's exactly what he did. And he wants to help us to have an abundant life, a super abundant life. But it's the spirit of God that comes into us, that teaches us, that helps us, that empowers us to overcome the work of the enemy of our souls. Our high priest gave us a gift, his spirit, because he knows that's what we need. I know you, and I care about you, and I'm going to help you. There's a verse in Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3 says, for his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him, that is Jesus, who called us by his own glory and goodness. And by these, he has given us great and precious promises so that through them, you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desires. Now understand something. The divine power of God gives us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of Jesus. And when the Spirit of God comes in, we share in that divine nature. We're not gods, but the Spirit of God is in us. And he will help us overcome this world. We become inhabited by the spirit of God and we become heirs of great and precious promises. And the promises are that I will bless you and keep you. I will cause you to be above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed going in and coming out. You're basket in store. I will never put the sicknesses on you that I put on Egypt. I will bless you. I will heal you. I will deliver you. I will give you peace. I will give you joy. I will provide for you. And it goes on and on and on and on. The list goes on. Because of the Spirit of God coming into us, because you're born again, you are of access and heir to the great and precious promises of God. God knows what you need. God cares about you. And he has given you everything for life and godliness and you can push that into other people out of you is supposed to flow rivers of living water not by your own strength but by the spirit of god that's in you because you know what you know who you are you're no longer who you used to be now you have a relationship with god and you have access to everything god has done and you can promote that into this world and see people also set free by the same power. You have resurrection power working in you to have victory no matter what the world says, no matter what the press says, no matter what the doctor says, you have the victory. I know that sounds abnormal. It sounds astounding, but God is astounding. God is God made all this and he puts all that all that kingdom in you and the new laws at work in you. And now you know what? I don't have to be tied down to what the world says. I only care what the word of God says. If you come back to me to Hebrews chapter two, verse 14 in the King James, I just want to put this out here to you. It says for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He became like us so that through death, He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. See the operative word there in the King James? I like it better. It says had. Jesus, the devil had the power, but now Jesus has taken it away from him. And he's given you authority over every work of the enemy. He's given you you power over the fear of death. Jesus destroyed the one who used to have the power. He's been bound up. He's called the strong man. Well, Jesus has defeated him. Jesus' blood defeated him. It defeated death. It defeated sickness. It defeated poverty. It defeated anxiety. You know, I saw something yesterday that anxiety drugs, are. uh, the prescriptions for them are up like 35% over the last few weeks. There are people in this audience right now that have lost your job. There are people struggling with difficulties in finances. There are other people concerned and afraid. And can I tell you something? Jesus knows where you are, but he's given you something to overcome it. He cares about you, and he's given, and can I tell you, his blood defeated sickness. His blood defeated anxiety. His blood brings you peace. His sacrifice was what was necessary to restore the relationship with God, and he's given us the comforter, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the teacher, the guide, all those things to help us live as victors, not victims. I think we need some shouting out there somewhere, you know, okay? Let somebody say amen, you know, give me a little little emphasis here, a little encouragement. God knew he needed a plan, and Jesus was that plan. And I know that this, if we live in the spirit, we will walk in victory. If we'll live in the spirit, we'll not be defeated by fear or temptation or, or anxiety or any other thing. We'll have peace in the midst of the storm. We'll have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I kind of tell you something, Jesus is not sitting up in heaven with a big stick waiting for you to mess up so he can beat you up. He came so that you can have victory. He took our sicknesses and he never was sick, but he endured the pain of the cross to grant us victory over sickness. He made a way for us to overcome, even lack, so that we can have superabundance. I know you might be out of work, but you know what? God is your source and he knows where you are and he has made a way for you already, just by faith in Jesus Christ. He knows you, he cares about you, and he has made a way for you to overcome. No matter what the world says, no matter what the enemy says, no matter what your friends or relatives who may not understand this message throw at you, you have a high priest who cares about you, who is praying for you. We cannot be defeated. COVID-19 nor sin nor anything else can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Do not be afraid. You can boldly enter into the throne room where the intercessor or the priest is and say, I need this. Jesus help me. And he says, I hear your prayers and I'm going to answer it. Jesus did say that in this world, we would have trouble. But what did he also say? Be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world. Be of, have hope, have joy. My my hope's in God. It's not in my mask or my gloves. My My hope's in God. It's not in hydroxychloroquine or some other drug. My hope's in God. You know, Paul walked this life, lived this life with struggles. But in him live power and joy and hope. Pastor Dave talked a few weeks ago about, uh, you know, sitting in the Philippian jail at midnight, beaten, bleeding, dark, dirty, cold. And you know what he did? He rejoiced. He sang praises at midnight. Why? Because he had the spirit of the overcoming Christ living big in him. I want to close with with these powerful verses from 1 John chapter 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Go back to verse 4 again. Let me repeat that. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? If he is, then you are born of God. And as such, you're an overcomer of this world. And how are we overcomers? By our faith in the fact that Jesus is the son of God. God knows, God cares, and God has provided. And all it takes is faith in Christ to access that. He's not only with us in the storms of life, he makes us overcomers over the storms of life. As I said at the beginning, we were created to have fellowship with God. Jesus came to bring us back into that relationship and if we stay close to him and stay in relationship with the God who knows and the God who cares and the God who provides, we can have victory in anything the world may throw at you. Have faith in Christ, have faith in God. You are an overcomer. His spirit is within you and you have power to live in joy and victory and peace no matter the circumstance or situation. I would like every one of you watching out there right now with me to just bow your head. Maybe you're watching and Jesus Christ, somehow someone invited you. You heard about us, and we thank you for watching. But maybe your relationship with God isn't, isn't good, or maybe you used to have one, but you don't have one now. And the reason you're watching is because Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He knows where you are, and he wants to help you. If everyone who was just watching would just bow their head and close their eyes for a moment, I want to speak to those, first of all, who want to restore that relationship. All you've got to do is say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. And when you do that, you become born again. Your spirit man gets regenerated because the Holy Spirit comes into your life, turns that spirit man back on to its relationship with God and gives you peace and gives you hope. Your trials may not go away, but now you'll have power to walk through them as an overcomer, as a victor and not a victim. So I wanna pray with you right now. All you gotta do is say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Come into my heart and live big in me. Help me, Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and I believe that you are God, and I believe you wanna help me. Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I want you to take first place in my life, maybe for the first time or maybe even again. I want you to restore my relationship with you. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for hearing their prayers. Thank you for doing exactly that, that you have restoring the people right now where they are. You love them so much, Jesus. You came just for them. You became, you nailed sin to the cross. You descended into hell. You preached to the captives and you led captivity in your train as you ascended to heaven and sprinkled your own blood on the mercy seat and now you ever live to make intercession for the people of God. I want to speak to everyone else who's watching today. I said I was trying to teach you. There's a lesson we need to learn. Jesus, is not only our Savior, but he's our high priest. And as our high priest, he cares about you. But he doesn't just care so much for you to, you know, I hear people do sermons about Jesus is walking with you through the storm. Yes, that's true. Or you see that one about the footprints on the sand and there were two sets of footprints and suddenly there's only one set of footprints as you're carried in the arms of the great shepherd. That's all true. He will take you through there. But you know what? That's not all he's done. He's already won the victory. Our job is to access it and believe it and walk in victory and walk as an overcomer by the Spirit of God that's living inside of you. He's given us a spirit not just to say, oh, okay, you're born again. No, to live a powerful, overcoming, supernatural life in Christ Jesus. That's the purpose of the Spirit of God in you. You can have that relationship with God and the Spirit of God actually will pray through you and pray with you and pray for you as Jesus prays for us. He is our high priest. You need to have faith in God and you need to access the overcoming quality of the Spirit of God in you so that you can live as a victor. And not only that, you can help others live in victory as well. I believe that it is at this time You may be apart from other people, but you can speak to them on the phone. You can speak to them on Facebook. You cannot just tell them, oh, you know what, Jesus is with you. Well, he is with you, but he's also in you if you're a believer. And greater is he that's in you than anything that comes against you in this world. No weapon formed against any child of God will ever overcome them as long as they understand who they are. The curse has been reversed. Jesus is alive and he's big and he cares about you, but he also cares to equip you with every good and powerful gift you need to live in victory and not defeat. So I wanna pray for you today as we close. Jesus, stretch forth your hand, Lord, as our intercessor, as our high priest, and touch every one of these people. You've been touched by what they're going through. There are people out of jobs. There are are people in pain. There are people sick. There are people, uh, you know, in in struggles in this life and relationship. But Lord, you've made a way of escape. You've given us what we need to hold on to, to not only make it through, but to make it through in victory. Lord, I pray for faith to arise in the hearts of your people, that they'll realize just who they are. what's in them and whose they are and that they can live in victory and not defeat. Oh God, thank you for overcoming this world. Thank you for the victory that's ours through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, let them realize that and then Lord, let them give it away to somebody else. Let them give that truth away so that they also can be saved and be filled and be overcomers by the power of the Spirit, the law of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the old law of sin and death. Hallelujah, that's goodness news. Thank you. God bless you this morning. Let's close with this song. I love you. I miss you. Hope to be with you soon. God bless you today.